Welcome to this episode of We Work Europe. This time, we'll travel to a country where ESA has never been before, the Republic of Moldova. Before the war against Ukraine, Moldova wasn't on the radar of many people. This has changed dramatically, and since the country has reached EU candidacy status, ESA has reached out to trade unions there. This is... We Work Europe, the podcast of the European Centre for Workers' Questions. So, attention, please. The estimates colleagues are visiting every membru de sindicat, formabil, ori oaspete începe cu ușa de antreu, cu recepția Institutului Muncii și cu blocul administrativ. So, for everyone that comes here, be it just a visitor or a trainer, uh, someone who is working already here, the main entrance is here, this is the reception, and then that side is the administrative block. It's a Friday afternoon in February 2023 at the National Institute of Labor in Chisinau, Moldova. Viorel Braga, General Director of the National Trade Union Confederation, proudly guides a group of visitors through the centre. According to him, it is completely independent of the state budget and financed only by the fees of trade union members. There are some seminar and conference rooms and 65 guest rooms for trade union members. However, maintaining this facility is not easy. Chiar în condițiile date, noi avem un cost de 10.000 de euro pe lună pe lumină și un 8.000 de euro pe căldură. În condițiile date. And uh, even if we are saving now, we have approximately 10.000 euro to pay per electricity per month, uh, even if we are saving, and approximately 8.000 for the gas. And the country badly needs to save money. Several crises are hitting Moldova at the same time. First, inflation was at a rate of 37% in February. Now, many people don't know how to pay for the food on their table or the energy to heat their homes. On top of this, Moldova has a special place on Russia's agenda. Russia intends to make it a vassal state by supporting and de facto controlling the Republic of Separatists in the breakaway region of Transnistria, the Kremlin is actively destabilizing the little country with 2.6 million inhabitants. However, many Moldovans, including the current government, see their future within the EU. In June 2022, Moldova gained the status of candidacy for the bloc, together with its neighbor, Ukraine. But if you ask people on the streets of Chisinau, the country faces huge challenges. This is Corneliu, a software engineer. If really this is going to happen, Europe say, OK, we, we could get you in the Europe, uh, the Russian is going to happen. The same in uh, Moldova, what is happening right now in Ukraine. So I don't think the Russian is going to allow this territory because they're keeping this territory. It's, it's not direct, you know, it's, it's iron in, indirect, you know, so it's not about us. What do we want? Because we do not have army, we cannot fight. Even after more than three decades of independence from the Soviet Union, 
there's still a strong connection to Russia here. Many people in Chisinau speak Russian as their first language, and not Romanian, and Transnistria is still controlled by the Russians. For many people, who don't want to endure Moscow's grip, living in Moldova is not an option anymore, so they decided to leave the country. Corneliu is one of them. After having studied in Moldova, he moved to England, and then to Italy. Uh, well, I, I came to visit my mom and I prepared the house for the next two years, and I'm going back. That's definitely my decision to do not live in Moldova. Paulina Fisticanu understands this decision that local people make. She works for the National Trade Union Federation and tries to prevent more people from leaving by enhancing social security, establishing fair wages and giving some perspective to workers. It was a very long process to um, become a EU candidate uh, country and uh, now we face with many um, challenges in order to align our legislation to the labor standards. Of course, we are speaking, first of all, that uh, the citizens of the country are waiting to see a change in the justice system, in uh, some guarantees, to have a better life. Of course, it's everything related with some good future for the people, with creation of the labor, um, places where to work with decent jobs, with decent payments. She and most of her colleagues from trade unions are very happy about the current orientation to the West, and they intend to play active roles in the process of becoming an EU member. Actually, uh, Republic of Moldova created uh, about uh, 30 gr different groups uh, that uh, will um, be involved in the process uh, to affiliation to the EU. So uh, we'll be ne uh, negotiate. We'll negotiate about the provision, about the condition, and so on. So, and we are very happy that uh, the authority accepted trade unions to be part of this process. Currently, more than a million Moldovans, like the software engineer Corneliu, already work in the EU. That is a tremendous amount of the country's workforce, so there has already been a huge brain drain. But, with the right incentives, Polina Vistikanu is convinced that the situation can improve. Change for the better is possible. Moldova has demonstrated that it can handle big challenges – as it has welcomed almost 600,000 Ukrainian refugees. That's more than 20% of the country's entire population. Moldova was one, maybe, uh, of a country who weren't enough prepared to receive such a huge number of people, but we realised that uh, with common efforts of trade unions, employers, government, NGOs, international organizations, we managed to help and to um, support Ukrainian refugees in the country. Uh, so even trade unions offered a lot of uh, places in their uh, sanatoriums, like uh, health resorts for Ukrainian refugees. We provided them uh, free, free warm meals during uh, the day. Also, we provided them some facilities for children. So um, it was a huge work to be done. In the Moldovan National Institute of Labour, where Viorel was giving the tour at the beginning of this episode, there are still Ukrainian families living in the guest rooms. Some families have decided to stay in the country. When they stay, 
Many will work in the agricultural sector. When it comes to Moldova's gross domestic product, the agricultural sector contributes a remarkable amount. It employs over 27% of the country's labour force, with agricultural production usually accounting for around 12% of Moldova's GDP. Almost the whole surface of the country can be used for growing crops, so there are a lot of jobs and opportunities in this sector. One of the struggles for trade unions is to formalise this work, because many of these jobs are informal, so workers don't pay taxes or social security. That's not just harmful to public goods, but also to the workers, as they don't receive any form of state social protection. We managed to sign also a memorandum to support the campaign for formalization of informal economy that is very important to protect, first of all, the people who are working in the sectors and secondly, to receive more income for public national public budget that can be used to increase salaries, to increase pensions, social benefits, to develop infrastructure, educational system and many other sectors that are really important for the country. Making advances in tackling undeclared work is a crucial criteria of being able to access the EU. But apart from that, formalising such work will strengthen social dialogue in the country. For many years, Moldova has improved its structures, and now there are regular meetings between trade unions, employers' organisations and the government. Together, they have managed to raise and unify the minimum wage, on top of this, they've been able to increase pensions and proceed with collective bargaining within different sectors. Uh, during the last year, we had about uh, 11 meetings of the National Commission for Collective Bargaining. And it's, it's a very good result because for a period of time we couldn't conduct these meetings because of the uh, um, refugee crisis, uh, because of war in Ukraine. So all the authorities were involved as student and employers organization with process, but we managed to solve many um, important problems for the society. In 2023, more than 50% of all Moldovans worked in the service sector, with this share having increased steadily. One key potential area here is the IT industry. With many universities and a skilled workforce, one of the future cornerstones of Moldova's economy could be IT. However, the situation of the little country remains insecure. The future of Moldova its people, its organisations, will be largely determined by the outcome of Russia's aggression and by Europe's support of the little country. International cooperation of trade unions via networks such as ESAs is a part of that and should not be underestimated. So that's it, so far. In the next episode, we're going to talk about the processes of due diligence in the European Union we will look at what responsibility companies take towards workers and nature, and also how regulations in the supply chain may affect workers' rights all around the globe. If you don't want to miss out on our upcoming episodes, just hit the subscribe button. See you next time. We Work Europe is the podcast from ESA, the European Centre for Workers' Questions, which receives financial support from the European Union. This podcast was narrated by me, Rebecca Sharp. Script and production by Escucha, audio identity.